Good morning. Welcome to Celebration Church. Let's all stand together as our campuses join us in Stevens Point and Appleton. And let's recite together the Apostles' Creed. This is our statement of faith. This is who we are, what we believe at Celebration Church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Good to have you with us today, as well as those in Appleton and Stevens Point. Trust that you are enjoying the service. Uh, if you're visiting and you're looking for a church, we don't know if you're looking for a church, but we're looking for you. So uh, hopefully you're feeling comfortable here. If you have any questions, be sure to ask the people at the different campuses, and they'll be happy to answer as many questions as you can throw at them. At least they'll try. <clears throat> Good to have Pastor Lathan with us today. Hallelujah. He was in and out of the hospital giving us a little bit of a scare, but he's doing okay. They got him all wired up now, man. Keeping his ticker ticking. Just if you shake his hand every once in a while, you have to be careful, but no, no, just easy. Uh, we are in a series, uh, this is number 14 of a, a series called Faith 101, where we're trying to answer some of the basic Christ, uh, questions about Christianity and about faith. Um, we are now, this is our fourth part, dealing with the question, what is love? What is love? Uh, it's a little trickier than you would think. Um, we've been reading in 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. This is called the love chapter. And these series of verses are <laughs> read frequently at weddings because they sound warm and fuzzy. When you start really looking at them, uh, it's a little trickier. And uh, that's all we've been doing is taking a good close look at what do these words mean? What does it mean for us if we're going to really walk in love, let's take a look at it. First Corinthians, the 13th chapter, verse 4. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. And it is not easily angered, which is where we left off last week. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes. Someone killed a child in the back. Ah, I, just, I don't know if you heard that at the other campuses, but it was entertaining here. Always hopes and always perseveres. All right. Um, keeps no record of wrongs. That's what we're picking up today. Now, what does it mean to make a record of something? It means to make a permanent or official note of. Now, this is one problem a lot of people have. They remember and make a very detailed record of everybody who'd done them wrong at any particular time. And they rehearse this thing over and over and over. They keep it fresh in their minds. They know exactly who did what and when. Uh, but when you do that, number one, it's really unhealthy for you. 
And number two is certainly not walking in love because love doesn't do that. Love doesn't write it down. Love does not make a note. Love does not make a record. Uh, People who do this tend to be consumed by it, those who are really consumed about it, uh, talk about it all the time. That's how you can really tell people who are full of bitterness and unforgiveness in their life because they never stop talking about it. You get to know someone very long and it won't be long if they're struggling with this where they start telling you who did what to you and when and how they did it. On December 12, 1987, my husband told me my pants made me look fat. They probably did. But anyway, don't be making a note of this. I, people, I, I, I remember meeting a lady once, just a visitor, just in and out. But uh, uh, I'd never seen her before and went up to uh, shake her hand. And I mean, this was, hi, how are you? And it didn't take 20 seconds before she starts unloading on me and telling me in detail of all the terrible, horrible things that her husband, who was standing over there, had done to her. And I was like, holy cow, it was like overwhelming. When did this happen? She said, 17 years ago. Oh, good Lord. This is someone who is consumed by, uh, really, hatred at this point. I mean, unforgiveness and always sticking at someone. You always did that. Well, you did that to me. Well, you did that. You know, some people, we're we're very pro-marriage and family here at Celebration Church, and we fight very hard to keep people from getting divorced because it's not a very good answer in the vast majority of cases. But some people, you just, (laughs) I think they don't get divorced just so they can stay around and torture the other person. (laughs) You know, I mean, she's that bitter and nasty and just reminding him every day of what he did. Uh, People do this a lot. Uh, People who've been in churches and churches that have hurt them. And uh, some that describes some of you are in churches and they hurt you and you left. And those of you who are healthy and walking in love, you never rehearse it with anybody. Others of you, it doesn't take long before we start hearing the whole story of who did what, when, and right, and fast, and slack, and right, and just, you know, rehearsing. They want to keep it fresh in their minds, all these records. You need to take your record book and tear it up. You start talking about what somebody, and sometimes you have to because of whatever reasons you need to discuss something, history with somebody, and if someone's really hurt you, you need to get to the place where if you have to talk about it, you have to really stop and remember what they did to you, and it's in the most broadest of details. Yeah, well, such and such, but you kind of downplay it. You just don't keep a record of it. If you can in very much detail remember who did what to you and when, and now look at, as soon as you recognize somebody, oh, that's that guy who did Frasenschlag. It's just, you're in a bad place, and you're certainly not walking in love. Couples often do this to each other. Well, you did that. Yeah, well, I went there, you did that. Well, don't forget, you always did that. Just, stop. Stop doing that. You need to let it go, as we've talked recently about forgiveness. You need to just forgive people and let it go. Don't keep a record of everything. Say, so, well, Pastor, I'll never forget what they did to me. Fine. You might remember what someone did to you until the day you die. It has nothing to do with forgiveness. Well, I just said it hurts so bad. Okay, again, you're confusing that with forgiveness. You might feel the pain 
of what someone had done to you until the day you die has absolutely nothing to do with forgiveness. Forgiveness is a very intentional thing where you say to somebody, I forgive you, I let it go, I stop talking about it. It's just that simple. If you keep talking about it, you haven't forgiven. And some people are desperate to keep talking about it because they want to keep it fresh. They want to remember it. They want it so they can hold it over somebody's head. When you do that, you are not walking in love. And I got to tell you, the one person in my life who has demonstrated this to me above all other people has been the redhead that I married. Now, we have our issues. Hard to imagine. She is such a lucky woman. <laughs> but despite the sometimes terrible things I've done and things that I'm very ashamed of and I am not downplaying it all. I've hurt her in some really serious ways over the years. This woman, in all the 40 plus years we've been married, has never one time ever reminded me of my failures. I'm talking the big ones. The little, you know, you forgot to take out your garbage again. I mean, that comes up regularly, but, uh, but never in a nasty, you know, that's, that's forgiveness. It's as if it never happened, as far as she's concerned. That's the way God treats you. When you ask God to forgive you, the Bible says it's as he throws his, your sins into the sea of his forgetfulness. Now, it's just an analogy. It's a picture. Do you really think God is forgetful? Like he's got Alzheimer's or something. He looks at you and goes... Something about you that really ticks me off, but I can't remember what it is. You know, just, of course he can remember. It's as if he's forgotten because he will never, ever bring it up again. That's what true forgiveness is. That's the kind of forgiveness we need to be walking with people. You need to keep a very short account. If someone asks you, show me a list of all the people that, you have, that have really hurt you and done bad things to you, you should be able to just hold up a black a blank piece of paper. Let it go. Don't keep record of those things. Again, it's not good for you. Bitterness and anger will cause a lot of people to die a very early age. You need to let it go. Walk in forgiveness. And certainly you need to walk in love. And the one thing about love is it doesn't, it doesn't keep a record. If you're keeping a record, showing you're not walking in love. The next one says, love does not delight in evil. What does it mean to delight in? It means to be highly pleased. You ever have something happen really bad to someone that just made you feel good? Come on, you sinners, we're all, we, you know. We've all been there, right? It's an immediate sign that you're not walking in love. You know, you think, well, that guy really had it coming. No, 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 no. You need to walk in love. In the Old Testament... They didn't have a real clear picture of, of God's nature. Jesus came and clearly revealed who God was to us. The Old Testament was much more driven by just do's and don'ts and the laws and, you know, that sort of thing until Jesus came. In the Old Testament, they used to pray prayers like, oh, Lord, take my enemy, break out all of his teeth, rip out his tongue, let his blood flow from his head. I mean, this is the, this, this is what they prayed. Jesus comes along and goes, ah, 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 ah. Do what to your enemies? Love them. 
I'm telling you, love your enemies. Be kind to those who are very unkind to you. Wow. That's uh, not delighting. If something bad happens to someone, you should always feel bad. Even in the natural, you might think they have it coming. <laughs> no, no, no. Feel bad. Be empathetic towards people. Pray for people. Be kind to people because that's what love is. That's when you know you're walking in love. The next one says, love rejoices with the truth. What does it mean to rejoice? It means glad, happy, or delighted, delighted to hear the truth. How many of you are delighted to hear the truth, especially when it's about you? We tend not to delight in that. I don't want to hear about me, especially if you're pointing out something I'm doing wrong. But love delights in the truth, even when it's about you. Look, this one's a hard one. It's really easy to get defensive and want to smack somebody, get mean and when they start pointing out your faults and stuff. But that's not wisdom. It's a bad place to be, actually. Proverbs talks about this. Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, gave some advice. He says this in Proverbs 9, chapter, verse 8. Do not rebuke mockers. Now, mockers... Uh, lots of different words translate this. Scoffers, fools. I mean, these are, you know, these are just nut jobs. Don't rebuke these people. Why? Oh, they'll turn around and I'll hate you. But if you rebuke the wise, they will love you. You know you're in a healthy place when somebody can point out your faults and stuff and you go, you know what? I'm going to work on that. The truth is, if we take some of these corrections it will make us a better person. Hard. This is hard. I'm not saying any, all of this is painful, quite frankly, as we've been going through this list. But real love rejoices with the truth. Don't get all defensive and say, well, they're doing it in a mean, nasty way. I get that. that must, that's the hardest one. If they're doing it in a mean way, it's hard not to get defensive. Okay? But the truth of the matter, and even later, it's hard not to initially be defensive, but later to reflect on it and think, you know, yeah, I could do a better job. I could be nicer. I could be better at that. I could pay more attention on my job. I could, whatever the deal is, I could be not so thoughtless and towards someone. Uh, because truth, if you're walking in love, eventually should win out. Again, I get the immediate. It's hard not to have the immediate thing. I you know, don't be terribly nasty, but that's kind of a knee-jerk reaction. But the reality is if you're a wise person, you reflect on what they said to you and maybe you make some adjustments and stuff because love rejoices with the truth. Here's an important one. Love always protects. What does it mean to protect? It means to shield from injury, danger, or loss. Shield from injury, shield from danger, from any kind of hurt or loss. Now, here is an area where oftentimes we're not very careful. And, and it's like this. You're going through something really hard, a very difficult time, an emotional disaster in your life. And in an effort to vent out, you wind up hurting a lot of people around you. Uh, the one thing I've always noticed about people who, uh, when they vent and emotionally vomit on people, the person who vomited, this is true, in real vomit. 
The person who vomits feels much better. Do you not? Oh, that feels good. Everyone, now you're really grossed out because now you're affected by all this. Sorry to gross you all out this morning, (laughs) but you'll remember it. So anyway, uh, when you emotionally do this to people, it might make you feel better, but you're not loving people because you're not protecting particular people who are weaker. Now, if you need to vent, and we all do, everybody, even I, I've got to find my time to vent. I've got the guys that I call, you know, Pastor Gary, Pastor Tim, Jimmy Bradshaw, some of these guys that that I'm very close to, and I call them and I I vent (laughs) to them because I know they can handle it. And sometimes you just need to get stuff out. But, uh, But be careful not to wound people who are weaker than you, because love protects. Now, sometimes we have a real difficult time doing this around our children. And again, I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad this morning. This is, I'm just holding up the mirror, the mirror of God's word, so we can look at how we look and, and make some adjustments and straighten things out so that, we, that we're walking okay. That's the purpose of looking into the scriptures. But oftentimes at home, around our children, uh, and a lot of men have this problem. Things start going really bad in the man's life. And he comes home and sitting at the kitchen table or whatever, he just starts venting all of his frustrations and disgusts and fears around his family. And uh, it's a very destructive thing. Dude, you're supposed to protect your family. And that doesn't mean just taking a big bat to uh, someone who comes barging into the house or in my case, a very nice shotgun. Uh, but, <laughs> that's one thing, but, but to protect emotionally. Okay. Yeah, oh, it's that stupid thing, you know, things are going terrible at work, I'm probably gonna lose my job, and then, you know, who knows what we're gonna do, we're gonna lose the house, and we're not gonna have any money. Kids quit asking, so we don't have any money. Stop that. So well, I don't want to spend a lot of money. Well, you don't have to ver- verbally vomit all over them to do that. When they ask for something, all you got to do is say, no. <laughs> Learn to deal with disappointment. <laughs> it's life. But you're just, you're, some guys, they just terrorize their families. And by the way, have a little faith. Everybody say faith. faith. You are, oh, it's going to be horrible. It's going to be terrible. I know how we're going to pay our bills. They're going to go to hell in the handbasket. How do you know where you get the handbasket from? <laughs> it's not protecting people. Stop it. Grow up. Be a man. Man up. Again, we all need to vent. Find someone stronger than you. It's a good reason to get friends in the church. Some of you guys don't want any friends. Oh, yeah, okay. That's great if you want to live life all on your own. If you can pull that off, good for you. Most people can't. Find some friends. Talk to them. Man, my life is hard. Things are going badly. I don't know what's going to happen at work. And find somebody you can pray with and trust God and believe God. So what if you lose a stupid job? You know how God can get you a better job? By you losing the stupid job you got now. Bob? No, just... <laughs> no, 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 no. Fear not. <laughs> I don't know, that just popped into my head. So anyway, uh, trust God. So, I mean, seriously, sometimes some of the, the bad things that happen is the way that God moves you around and puts you in a better place. You know, uh, in, in the Old Testament, uh, Elijah, man, he's hanging out at this place, and the Bible says the water's coming down. He's got water there, and the birds are bringing him food and stuff. It's a great gig. I don't got to do anything. Life is good. 
Finally, he moved. Do you know why? The water dried up and the birds quit coming. I can sit around and cry, where are the birds? Or you can get a clue, I better move. Don't be afraid to move. You know, there's a problem. I'm going to get off on a tangent now. I feel inspired. You know, sometimes people need to move and make some changes in their lives. You know, for the life of me, I don't understand, especially people like in the, like live in the Rust Belt. Well, you live there at all, beyond me. But they live in there, all factories are closed, everything. They sit around and live on, you know, unemployment, everything else is, you know, for 112 years because ah, I can't find a job. When in states like the Dakotas, they can't find enough people to do the job. I mean, you could be at McDonald's, they're paying, what, $17 an hour to sling burgers. Well, my life sucks. Move! You need to move just because something sucks. Just don't sit there and stay in the land of suck. Move! Really, do you know why people came to America? Because their lives sucked. It was horrible. The people who had it good in England, they didn't get on a stupid boat. These boats were not good boats. But the size of my boat, man, ah! Talk about hurling. This is a horrible, <laughs> flea-infested, good Lord, a lot of these boats didn't even make it across. They sank to the bottom. People risked that. Why? Because their lives sucked. And they said, we need to move. And they went and moved. Came and started this fabulous country. And then everybody's hanging out at the east. And then people went west. Do you know who went west? All the people whose lives sucked. People who had great houses and great jobs. Do you think they got in a wagon? And what can you, have you ever seen these wagons move? Squirrels and chickens run faster than the wagons. And they just clippity cloppity clippity cloppity clippity clop and they go for all day long. How far you go? Well, I remember that tree still there. It was us. Sometimes God closes doors so he can open up a new one in your life. Why I got into that, I don't know. Move on. Love always protects. Here's an important one. Love always trusts. What does it mean to trust? I'm looking at my screen. Change screen. There we go. Trust is a firm belief or confidence in the honesty, integrity, and reliability of another person. Now, here's a big one, because people, when they do something to you, and they violate your trust, and they hurt you, and they're unfaithful to you, and there's a million different versions of this, one of the things that you frequently hear from these people is, how can I ever trust again? <laughs> how can I ever trust again? What they're wanting is a guarantee. There is no guarantee. That's why a violation of trust is such a heart hurtful thing. You say, well, I, I trust my husband. Good. But there's no guarantee he's always going to be. You think there's always going to be a guarantee in life? You're wrong. I trust this person. I trust other. Anybody can do anything to anybody and hurt somebody. We ought not to do that. Certainly as people of faith. But at some point, trust is what it is. It's trust. It's a loan. I'm giving you trust. Okay? And the reality is sometimes people violate the trust. 
what do you do? Pull back and I'll never trust again? No, because love always trusts. There's a real element of faith when you trust people. And the truth of the matter is people will let you down. Anybody experience this? <laughs> people will let you down. Okay, you just gotta let it go and move on. Here's an important one. Love always hopes. Now, hope, this is an interesting word. It's a feeling or expectation that what is wanted is likely to happen. Now, that's actually the dictionary's uh, definition and is weak compared to actually the biblical uh, explanation. The biblical explanation is uh, hope is a feeling or expectation that what is wanted will happen. And that's a big difference. But the word hope has changed its meaning today, as many words change their meaning over time. You know, cool used to mean it was cold. Now it's hip, which used to mean this part of your body, which hurts bad, which bad used to be bad, but now it's good, because if you're really good, then you're really bad. So Michael Jackson's got a whole song about it, so it's all rather confusing. But as our words change and stuff, hope in the English language now actually has the meaning of wish. Do you think your team's going to win today? I sure Hope so. Do you think you'll be able to pay your bills? I sure hope so. What they're saying is I wish. There's a wish factor to it. It is so cheap. The word wish is what should be used, but we, now we say hope. And here's the odd thing. There has been no word to replace it. There is no word in the English language that I'm aware of that replaces the word hope. Because hope, is actually a feeling that I know what is going, that I want is going to happen. We have, as Christians, a divine hope. If someone asks you, are you going to heaven, and your answer is, oh gee, I hope so, you most certainly don't understand this. It's not a matter of getting in there, crossing your fingers, and hoping your good outweighs the bad. If that's your hope, you're in big trouble. When you've truly encountered Christ, had him come into your life, forgive you of your sins, you are filled with a glorious, glorious hope. I guess the next closest word, maybe, maybe assurance, maybe would be the word. But it's that hope, that hope that I know that what I desire is going to happen. This is how you know you're really in a place of faith. When you're praying and you're praying and you're praying and you're constantly in the mode, is God going to answer your prayer? Oh, I hope so, I hope so. You're still not in a place of faith. What really hits is when you've prayed and you know that God has heard you, and I don't somehow by the Spirit of God, something, faith wells up inside of you, and it changes from a wish to an absolute divine hope, and you know that you know. You're absolutely convinced that what's going to happen, that's faith. That's when God shows up, when you're truly filled with hope. It doesn't always come very easily. Sometimes it's very difficult. But that word hope, and see, the thing about love is love always always hopes. It always When you get to a place of hope, it changes you. It changes your outlook. It changes your emotions. It changes your energy. I remember some years ago, uh, uh, I've shared this story before, but actually I've only got 10 stories. But uh, the, uh, we were like, I don't know, it was 1970-something. We were extraordinarily poor. <laughs> Painfully so. And uh, we were living in Decatur, Illinois, which if you've ever been there, the whole city smells like an armpit. 
It's, it's, it, it does. It's, it's because of all the soybeans and stuff in there. It's like one whiff of that. To them, it's the smell of money. To the outsider, it's... <coughs> but anyway, we live there. And uh, we got ourselves, I don't know, some bill that we weren't expecting. Or something. It was like 150 bucks, which in 1970-something was a lot of money. And quite frankly, it's a lot of money today. If you ain't got it, 100 bucks is a lot of money, right? So I'm like, oh, oh, we're going to get some money. What are we going to do? We don't, you know, we're barely making 150 bucks. We're going to get 150 bucks from... Totally stressed out. And I'm talking to my mom on the phone. She says, how you doing? I says, oh, man. <laughs> I got this bill for 150 bucks. I was gonna... She says, oh, relax. I'll just send you the 150 bucks. God bless moms. <laughs> oh, thanks, mom. And as soon as she, soon as she said that, whew, I felt so much better. Hung up the phone. I was at peace. What changed? Nothing. Did I still owe the bill? I did. Did I have the money to pay it? I did not. The next morning, did I still have the money? I did not. Was I stressed out anymore? I was not. Why? I was filled with hope. Because I knew mom would send the money. Sure enough, days later, here comes the check. Life is good. But I'd already, I didn't wait till I had the money for, oh, I felt better. I'd always feeling better. Now the money shows up, you know, because of hope, okay? It's because you know that you know that you know. Love hopes in people, trusts in people. All this stuff is all tied together when you're walking in love. <laughs> this has nothing to do with anything, but I thought of it this morning. Uh, speaking of, you know, when you're, when you're short, it seems overwhelming, Right? When you're on the short side, a lot better to be on the other side. So anyway, I remember some years ago, uh, my, my daughter had just married Ross, who's over in Appleton this morning. Hi, Ross. Anyway, so my daughter marries Ross, which was a little stressful at the time. <laughs> he was one high-wired dude. I'd always say, Ross, stop moving! You know, he's, he's always... So anyway, Ross, I want to marry your daughter. I said, Okay. But remember, she does not come with a receipt. All right? No returns. There's no returns in the store. You take her, you take her, you keep her. That's the rule. Okay, okay. So anyway, a few years later, it wasn't very long afterwards, all of a sudden, my daughter calls, and she's in tears. She made a horrible mistake. <laughs> and we're thinking, oh, no. What did Ross do? <laughs> okay, come over. So she comes over and she's in tears and we're just filled with dread. She's made a horrible mistake. <laughs> so she's at the table and there's a hook, okay, baby, well, what is it? <laughs> I made a mistake. I made a okay, yeah, that's Ross, of course, I understand. You know, I didn't say that, but you know, I'm thinking it. <laughs> I love you, Ross. So anyway. So she's crying, well, what is it? We're just all just, and she says, well, I, I was balancing my checkbook and I made a mistake and I'm short a hundred some dollars. And we're like, oh, for the love of God. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'll give you the money. Stop crying. You know, holy cow. You know, of course, when you're short the hundred bucks, that'll put you in tears, right? So had nothing to do with anything, but I just wanted to encourage Ross this morning. All right. So, 
Yeah, it was. Okay, so finally, and, and then next week we'll, we'll go to about how, what to do about all this. Finally, love always perseveres. What does it mean to persevere? Persevere means to continue in some effort or course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. Listen to me. You take any course of action with people, you're going to encounter difficulty and opposition. It's just a fact of life. But love doesn't give up. Love always perseveres. And if there's one telltale sign of someone who no longer loves, not gonna do it anymore. I'm done. And that's a bad place to be. Because if you really love someone, you don't give up. Now granted, some people push people to a point where it's just more than they can handle, I understand. But we wanna be the kind of place where you hang in there with people. You get to know people, they will hurt you. In fact, there's a lot of people who intentionally, it's just true, maybe I'm talking to some of you out there, uh, one of the reasons you intentionally don't have friends is because friends hurt you. Then you've learned, I'm not, I'm not going to do this anymore. But that's not walking in love. Well, people hurt me. Yes. Yes, welcome to life. But you will not die. All right? That which does not kill you will only make you stronger. And we need to walk in love with people. You start getting close to people at your campus at Stevens Point, I promise you, somebody's going to tick you off. Over in Appleton as you're building that new church and you're really trusting in someone. You think, and then all of a sudden they're just going to quit coming to church and it's just going to wound you. Just let it go. Move on. Keep believing and trusting in people. You know? I waved at Pastor Mark when he was driving and he didn't wave back. <laughs> First of all, I'm a terrible driver, number one. Right, Doc? I, I tested Doc's religion one day. I thought he was going to backslide. Just so <laughs> He got blown. I won't tell your sin. All right, but it was a funny story. But I'm a terrible driver. But I get so zoned out. I, I don't know about, do you just zone out and, and you forget the turn and stuff like that? You know, I'm, all of a sudden I'll wake up on the, you know, other side of the river and like, what am I doing here? You know, it's just, I get so focused. I don't think I'm losing it. I don't think. I hope not. Someday I drive to church and I wake up in Detroit, then I'll know I've really missed it. But, uh, you know, if I'm driving and I don't wave at you, I don't even see you. Don't get mad and all, well, I'm so hurt and wounded, I can't tell you, I give up. When you walk away, say, I, I'm not going to that church anymore, I promise you. Now, if, you, if it's a church that's doing, you know, something really teaching heresy or something, I, I get that, but a lot of times we just, somebody makes us mad, and then we walk away, and it's a blatant sign that you're not walking in love in the first place. Now, next week, we're going to, kind of summarize all of this, and more importantly, we're going to take a look at what do we do about it, because the truth is, if you're anything like me, you've failed in a lot of these areas. Uh, we all struggle with these things. What does it take to walk in love? And that's what we're going to talk about next week, because believe it or not, the answer isn't just to try harder. Well, I'm going to try, Pastor, I'm going to try harder, and, and there's an element of that. We'll talk about it next week. I don't want to give away all my secrets. But, uh, uh, but there's another wonderful, easier answer to all of this in how to walk in love with people. So come back next Sunday and we'll talk about that. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and for your truth and the fact that you do love us. You don't give up on us. It would be so easy to, but you don't. And you uh, persevere with us. You stand with us. You don't keep records of all our wrongs, all these things. 
It's interesting, Father, as we read what love is, it's stunning that it never one time talks about how we feel. In our culture today, Lord, people claim they have love when they feel a certain way towards someone. Someone makes them feel warm and bubbly and people running off, getting married, trying to sign up for the longest journey of their life based on nothing more than how they feel, only to find themselves in a mess later. It doesn't talk about feelings. It talks about what real love is, the kind of love that you have for us. Help us to become aware of what love is. Then help us to understand and strive so that we begin to walk every day in the kind of love that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. Have a great day. See ya.